Wow, that's amazing. Hey, good, good morning. Clear me clear and everything? Uh, sounds good to me. Okay. Um, so you're, you're, not coming through, you're not coming through my earphones. They're not? Uh-uh. I, I had it paired up, but... Uh, let me see what my setting says here. It says I'm connected. I wonder if my I wonder if they're just going dead. Let me see what let me see what color of light I got here. Well, yeah, it's a blue light, so Okay. Well, can you hear me good? You hear me okay? Yeah, but I think I'm going to take them off because I'm just hearing you through the phone. I'm not hearing you through the headset. Oh, okay. So I guess that's what we'll have to do. Okay. Uh, we still in verse four, correct? Yes. Okay, good. All right. Whenever you're ready, brother. Okay. Let me get these headphones put up. Father, Lord, we do thank you and we praise you for the opportunity to look into your word this morning. I thank you for the update and the, uh, from Jason. And uh, I thank you for the... Uh, Richard, I, I believe, his. did you say his name was? Okay. Uh, thank you for Richard sitting in with us. And <clears throat> Lord, I just pray that you'll open our eyes and unplug our ears that we may see and hear and <clears throat> receive the, the power that's embodied in your word, the, the, the depth and the richness of your word, Lord, that in our lives and Bring this to application, bring this to uh, current days for us, that we can see how it applies to us in our walk today with you, Lord, that we may walk uprightly before you, that we may be that trophy of grace, we may be that vessel of honor that you could use, and that would be fruitful today in the things that we do, the things that we say, and the things that we think, Lord, that they'd all be brought into captivity under Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. We just pray, Lord, that you'll grow us in grace and knowledge. We pray that there, uh, to those that are on the podcast, that tune into the podcast, that hears uh, from afar, we pray that they get blessed as well and that this word will be rightly divided, that it may profit uh, each and every one of us in a way that you would have to do because we know that your word doesn't return to you void. And Amen. Lord, help us, to be, help us to be the messengers of that word. Help, help yes. our witness. Help us in our offices, Lord, of son, soldier, servant, steward. Help us in all those areas, Lord, each and every day as we walk forward with you, Lord, uh, looking for the day that you come. And we'll just praise you and thank you in the name of Jesus. Help us in Jeremiah 11 with the study that we're about to embark on. And uh, give us give us understanding. Give us inspiration. Give us spiritual understanding, Lord, that we may 
again, be fit for your use today. And what a wonderful way to start our day off with the word of God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 <clears throat> All right. Uh, in verse four, we, we are transitioning over from cursed be the man that mm -hmm. obeyeth not the words of this covenant. Now we're going to go into, uh, and we use Deuteronomy 27 uh, for, the, for understanding with the cursed be the man. Now mm -hmm. we're going to verse four, which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace saying, obey my voice and do them according to all which I command you. So shall you be my people, and I will be your God. Mm. Well, we're going to go to Deuteronomy 4.20 mm -hmm. uh, to help us with understanding on this iron furnace. And we'll mm -hmm. be going back even to Genesis as well. But, uh, <clears throat> in, in Deuteronomy 4.20, I got pruning fingers. I can't hardly turn a page here. <sighs> you know how they get when you, they want to get water soaked? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, 420, Deuteronomy 420. So here we go. And we find that actually Jeremiah is pretty much quoting 420, but there's uh, some things that he adds. It's not in 420, but it's all over uh, scripture. So we don't have to... Uh, get hung up with that but verse 20 in deuteronomy 4 says but the lord hath taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace even out of egypt to be unto him an inheritance as you are this day so a people's inheritance brother yes yeah as you are this day yes sir and, uh, but now you got to remember in Deuteronomy, they had just been taken out of Egypt. We're, we're not in the days of Jeremiah 800 years later. Mm -hmm. But I think even Jeremiah says, as you are this day in some place here, pretty. We read that all the time anyway. But uh, in Jeremiah 11, 4. After mm -hmm. that, he uh, mentions the exodus from the iron furnace. The admonition of the Lord or from the Lord to Jeremiah is which you, this is the part that we don't find in 420 in Deuteronomy, but we find it in other places. It's not that this is the first time he said this. He's been saying this ever since Deuteronomy. Obey my voice and do them according to all that I command you. Why? Why is he beseeching them all the time to obey my voice and do them? Hmm. 
it, it, Why, are you asking me the question? I'm asking the question. Yeah. yeah. And the answer. Well, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. The, the answer, answer is right, yeah. right after he asked the question. Or after he makes the statement, obey my voice and do them according to all that I commanded you. The reason yeah. is so that you shall be my people and I will be your God. Mm. Yeah. Now, there's no greater blessing in the world than to be birthed into God's kingdom and have him as our father and our God. Mm, amen. But it, that's not written in Deuteronomy 4.20. But what you'll notice, what follows in 4.20 and 4.21 to 4.24 is... The negative side of that, if you don't obey what I say, yeah. and it's and, and it's all about Moses being refused the opportunity to go into the land that he promised his fathers. And to think of to think for forty years, Moses led these people, and he mm -hmm. even has the testimony of God over and over. He's the meekest man. He he was faithful in all his house. You know, all those things are said yeah. of him, and yet he, he he let anger rear up one time. And because of that, he was refused uh, entrance into the into the promised land. That's serious stuff. I mean, he, when, when he says, obey my voice and do them, you know, he, he means what he says. And yeah. nothing's changed. The only thing that's changed is now that we have we have one that came before us that has done it. They mm. it, he hadn't come yet in Moses' day, but he's come in our days. And he has done all that pleased the Father. He he did everything Father asked him to do without sinning. And he did it for us. Mm. You know, Amen. Moses would have loved to have a mediator like that. Instead of being the mediator. Because he, he, it's just evidence, again, that man would fail trying to be a mediator, trying to be that gap between man and God, you know, to reconcile him back. Man doesn't, man's not able to do that. Even Moses wasn't able to yeah. do that. Mm. And I think that's what we, I think that's what we glean from, from that. So we go on with Moses is denied entrance in. And then in, as we go on to verse 25 in Deuteronomy 4, it speaks of the dispersion of Israel, the 10 tribes. Mm. And how they didn't obey his voice and do them either. And so they was sown to the four winds. And then as you go on down through to chapter uh, verse 28, uh, it goes to the imminent judgment concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Of, of which Jeremiah is warning the people now in, in, our, in our study in Jeremiah. Moses was already yeah. speaking of it back 800 years earlier, but what is what is being spoken of here 
in 29 through 30 uh, in Deuteronomy 4 is, and, and the verses before that is the judgment concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And then in 29 and 30, we find united Israel. We find a time when Israel is going to be back united as a, a, a solid group, a united kingdom of 12 tribes. And, mm -hmm. but that's in the latter days. See in verse 30, when thou art in tribulation, it brings up what we study in the gospels, in the Olivet discourses and stuff. And all these things are come upon thee even in the latter days. Yeah. This is back in Deuteronomy, and he's speaking of days that haven't come yet. And he says, if thou turn to the he knows that. You see, they're not going to obey his voice until until that time. They're not going to obey yeah. his voice. They're not going to do what he commands them. And we're mm. all part of that now. Yeah, we're no better at doing it than they was. Yeah. So, and the whole point is to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken is better than the fat of rams, right? That's yes, what sir. Jesus Christ took away. He, we don't have to do all that putting up, you know, innocent creatures and stuff to cover our sins. Jesus put himself up and shed his blood, yeah. Amen. which can and is able to cleanse us and take away our sins. The, bull, the blood of bulls and goats could never do that. But that's what was set up back then, mm. which is another reason why the New Testament is a better covenant than the Old Covenant, because it's established on better promises. Amen. So my, my Amen. point in all, all that is that God didn't command or ask or plead just once. He's been beseeching his people from the beginning to do these things. Mm. And he yeah. even has been doing it since he called them out to be a people for him back with Abraham. So now mm. we'll get off of Deuteronomy and we'll go to Deuter uh, we'll go to Genesis to the beginning because okay. now we're going to now we're going to step into the iron furnace. Gen Genesis 15. Okay. And it's mentioned as a smoking furnace, but uh, it's it's the first mention, and it's in Genesis fifteen seventeen. Okay. And this is during that time when Abram believes the Lord and it's counted to him for righteousness and God puts him to sleep uh, while he walks through the sacrifices through the, but in 1517, 
we see, and it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking mm. furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. All right, so let's yeah. just go back to verse 7 to get the context. And it says, and he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the Ur of Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. Okay. Mm. And so then yeah. Abraham is wanting to know, well, how, how will I know that I shall inherit it? And in verse 8 through 17, that's God's answer to his to Abraham's question in verse 8. And it's and Abraham says, How will I know? God tells him, He says, Bring me a heifer three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took all of them divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another, but the birds he didn't divide. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. And when, a, and so you see, he's, he's got him with these sacrifices and he's, he's, he's putting Abraham on hold. Stand still, sit still and know that I am God. So he's got these he's got these mm. sacrifices mm. out there, but um, he doesn't know what what the meaning of it is. He's just doing what God told him, and that's all that God requires any of us to do: do obey my voice and do them. Mm -hmm. So he's sitting there with these birds set out like the Lord had told him. And when the fowls came, the buzzards and stuff, to well, he has to frame away. So when the sun was going down. Then a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, and lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. So God speaks to him in a dream, even a nightmare if you want to call it, and it's concerning the nation that will come from him. Remember what the question is? How, how will I know that I shall inherit it? So he's speaking, yeah. uh, this dream is concerning the nation that will come from him. Uh, while as yet he has no son. And so that Abraham can be sure of his oath of, of inheritance, God removes Abraham from having anything to do with it by putting him to sleep so that he has no part in ratifying the oath in verse 17. And what that was, was that was supposed to, that, that was normally, my understanding is back then, two people would make an oath, a covenant with each other, and they would, in a figure eight, go between the sacrifices. One would go one way, one would go the other, and they just, you know, they, they, they would, that's how they ratified their, their, their oath and their covenant. But God take, but God, take, that way they're both mm, responsible yeah. for it. 
God, God took Abraham out of that by putting okay. him to sleep so that the only one that passed through in verse 17, the only thing that passed through them sacrifices, ratifying the oath was God himself. Which is a picture of the unconditional covenant. Man can't mess this covenant up, this land, mm. this land grant that he gave Israel, his chosen people. That can't be nullified. That's going to happen. Permanently. I mean, it's happened yeah. a time or two, and it happened in 1948 again, but not to the extent that the land that God has told them is theirs. They've never reached to that, but they will. And because God ratified mm. his oath by himself, he swore under the greatest one he could swear unto, and that was his own name. So the smoking furnace in verse 17 hmm. refers to Israel in Egypt. Something that was, is going to happen 400 years, uh, uh, not 400 years, but uh, well, close, close to 400 years later. And the hmm. smoking, hmm. Uh, the, the burning lamp that passes through the pieces that's God himself ratifying that land grant so it yeah a burning and lamp the, when we put these two together the smoking furnace represents Israel in Egypt going through that suffering going through that furnace of affliction, going through that iron furnace. Okay? Now, mm. the burning lamp that passed yeah. between those pieces, there's no new thing under the sun, right? And uh, God's word has witness for every, sure. every word that's written in here has witness to it. Well, look in yeah. verse uh, Isaiah 60. Yep. Starting uh, in chapter 60. And the context in Isaiah is uh, events at the time of his second advent. Okay. And yeah. Isaiah 60, verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Now turn to 62, mm. Isaiah 62, verse 1. Okay. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. All right, verse 17 in Genesis yeah. 15 says, and a lamp passed between those pieces, a burning lamp. That was, that Israel was going to have to suffer in Egypt was going to come to pass. And that a burning lamp to pass between those pieces yes. representing Jesus and representing 
at his second advent coming, just as Isaiah 60 and 62 says, bringing salvation. To the nation. Amen. So the land inheritance is unconditional and God's people will have it for an everlasting possession. But that won't happen. It hasn't happened yet, right? It hasn't happened yet. They're fighting new, yes, uh, tooth and nail all the time for that small little piece of ground that they got right now, which don't amount to hardly anything. But that won't happen yeah. that they get it for an everlasting possession until what's foreshadowed here in Genesis 15, 17, and that burning lamp passes between those pieces, which ratified the covenant, made it unconditional. Man had nothing, to, it has nothing to do with it. It's strictly up to God to bring it to pass, and we know that he's able and that he cannot lie. Yes. And that all his promises are yea and yea yes. and yea in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah, so, yea and amen. Amen. Hey, brother, so, I got something. Can I stop there for a second? You know how they say that the book of Isaiah matches pretty much with the layout of the 66 right? books of the Bible with the 66 chapters. So if you look at the 60th book and the 62nd okay. book of the Bible about light, the 60th book is the book of Peter and the 62nd book is first John. And here's the two verses about light that's in there. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a particular people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness wonderful. into his marvelous That's light. Second, and that wonderful connection, and look at First John would be the the sixty second uh -huh. um, book of the Bible that we talked that you're talking about, and this is the message that we have heard from He's him light. and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship one with another. In the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sins. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light and the and there is no occasion of stumbling. I just thought that was a very yeah, wonderful yeah, connection. Just when you think, I just thought again, of that, man. Obey my voice and do them, so that you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Yeah, that's been the message all through it. Yeah, all through the Bible. Yes, and that First John is you know walk in the light. As he is in the light. You know, Jesus is the light of the world. We're supposed to be walking in him. We're supposed to be allowing his word to direct and light our path, brother. So that's good, man. I'm, Amen. I'm wonderful. That's a wonderful truth. And I would even go as far to say uh, that when Jesus was in the world, in the flesh, he was the light of the world. But when, when he left, he sent his comforter, and now we are the light yeah, of the world. Yeah, he lighted up the world. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's where that second okay, year that we're a chosen generation, <laughs> a royal priesthood, a whole nation, you know, a particular people. That's all the right. things that the nation of Israel is supposed to be for the Lord. But they step on in rebellion and disobedience and uncircumcising their hearts. As a nation, they didn't, they didn't do it. As a church, we're not doing it they either. They couldn't do it. The Lord. We have individuals that are doing it, you know, but yes, as a church, not. even as Israel was as a nation, we're failing. And no surprise to God. Yes, sir, we are. We are. No surprise to God. But those things, and, and he's, he's, no. he has all these things set up for things that are yet to come. You know, he says uh, that he knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. And all things that haven't yeah. been done yet, they shall be done. My counsel will stand. And so his, yeah. his unconditional promise of that land for an eternal possession for Israel is is going to happen and the united nations and all and all the you know the enemies of god that are in are in for a rude awakening because you know they're still making the attempts to push israel yeah. into, the, into the mediterranean sea and just be be done with them but it ain't it hasn't happened yet and it's not going to happen and you would think by now that they would all the opportunities they've had and all the things that they've used to try to get that done. And it somehow or another, Israel is still there. And it will become the focal point uh, in the latter days. Yeah. Of, you know, the United States and London and, and Paris and uh, New York City and L.A. and all. The, they're not going to be the focus of the world. The focus is going to be on Jerusalem and Judah. Yeah. If it's the apple of the Lord's yep. eye, Amen. then every eye is against it. I would I would say because men hate, hate, hate God. They hate his word. They hate everything that has to do with it. That's this. what the word says. They hate light. They love darkness. It's, that's the condemnation is they don't yeah. want the light. They want to be in dark so their works can stand. Nobody, nobody will uh, reprove them of them. But the yeah. light has come, and the light is here through his yeah. people. And to yeah. the extent that we can shine that light up on the hill, that's that's what we should do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, all those little songs, those, you know, back in the day when no. I was a kid, yep. hide your Amen. candle under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. You know, the Lord, you know, speaks of that as well, that, who puts a candle under a bushel, you know, who hides the warnings of, of the clefts of the rock without not putting a lighthouse there. So people wouldn't, you know, that's charity. That's love. You don't want anyone to be crashing into those and dying and not having the source to be able to provide. The Lord does all that stuff for us because he wants to be our father. He wants to be our Amen. God. He wants to be our helper, our friend, Amen. our lover of our soul. He wants us to give ourselves to him. Are all, I mean, and all that we have is nothing. All that we are are nothing. We're dust balls. But yet he wants to take that dust ball and create a vessel which is under Amen. honor and not dishonor. Amen. Praise his name, man. That's good. And he's made 
he's made a way to mm. to come to him. All right, huh? Yeah, he sure has. That's a blessing. So that will be mm. when mm. United Israel, combined Israel, the two sticks, Joseph and Ephraim, are back together. You know uh, that that's when they'll obey his voice and do that which he commands. And the perpetual backsliding that we've already looked at in Jeremiah here, mm -hmm. that comes to an end. That ceases. How about that? Yes. Mm. It absolutely is. And, you know, God's been waiting for That's a long, wonderful. long time for that to happen. And, and he's given his nation and he's given us as well the opportunity to do it uh, willingly make that choice ourselves but it it's it comes down to where he's going to put them through mm. that iron furnace again and when they come through the iron furnace this next time the perpetual backsliding will it will be over um james um, thinking of that iron furnace, James, it says, uh, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. I was thinking of, what was I thinking of, man? Shoot. That's not what I was thinking of. Well, I the think fiery that's trials of our faith. I thought that's what it says. Uh, I'm going to say Peter. Peter okay. Where, where's that at, brother? Peter. Okay. That's what I was thinking. I had the two mixed up. I'm sorry. Verse 12. Yeah. First uh, Peter 4. I believe. Well, maybe that's not it. Oh, 412. Yeah. Okay. Love it. I think it's not strange concerning the right. fiery trial, not trials, trial, which uh, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. So that's a good right there is that the Lord puts us through that fiery trial as well. And it is to be like in James, it is to be bringing forth the patience and the joy and the love and all these things that Christ had given to us in his spirit is to bring forth that out of us. And I just glanced back over here and 5.4 says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of him, uh, no, a crown of yes. glory that fadeth not away. Right? So it's interesting as this chief shepherd is going to come, and the chief shepherd is going to give us a crown of glory. He's not going to leave us empty-handed. We're going to give something to Jesus Christ when we stand before his throne, brother. We are going to cast those crowns at his feet. And I was thinking a little bit about this morning. He that overcometh he should give a crown of life. Overcoming is what? He that believes. That's well, and yes. he that believeth that Jesus is the Christ. He's made it. Is he that has overcome the He's world. made it so he's made it yeah. so simple for us. Even our faith. And we make and we turn around What's and that? make it so hard. Yeah. It's not. 
Yes. I, it's not. But look at, uh, you just said it, we make it so hard. In verse 2 of chapter 5 of First Peter, it says, feed the, uh, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint. That's the first thing. You don't want to try to wrap someone up and get them in bondage. or anything. It's got to be from a willful heart. It's got to be from someone that's willing to have their mind and their heart changed by God. Say, here, Lord, change me. Here, Lord, help me. Here, Lord, I lay it all on you. You know who I am from the in and out. Not by constraint, but willingly. Yep. Not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Are you ready? Are you ready to obey me? Are you willing? I don't want to have to put you through the furnace. I don't want to have to put you through these trials. I don't want to have to put you through this. If you will obey my voice, but if you're not, I'm going to put you through this so you will be able to get a willing mind, a willing heart to believe in. And that's exactly what he does in the time of Jeremiah's trouble is that he puts them through this furnace again and to make the nation of Israel understand to have a willing heart and a willing mind. Amen. And that's the love well, of God. Those that's, that will listen man, that's to, Je to, to Jeremiah, listen to God's prophets, which are speaking God's words, there is a lot of encouragement in what they're doing. But, yeah. you know, most people that read Jeremiah, they call him the weeping prophet. And he is. I'm not taking that away from him. But there's encouragement to those that will hear the word. But to those yes, that don't, it's pretty much doom and gloom. And, you know, there's nothing, mm, mm, mm. you know, too profitable in it to those that are taking it uh, in the flesh. But so, you know, I just, when you was yeah. in yeah, amen, brother. Peter, amen. and when we, uh, the verse 12 talks about the fiery trial, then the very next verse, verse 13 said, but rejoice. Inasmuch yes, as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. When his glory mm. shall be revealed. Well, you remember what we read in oh, Isaiah amen, 60, verse 1? Arise, yeah. shine, for thy light is come. That's when Jesus yeah. comes. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. That's what Peter's talking about. Yeah. Amen. That when his glory shall be revealed, it's being revealed here in Isaiah 61. In a time yet to come, but it, you know, it's being revealed to us in word. Yeah. That Amen. you may be glad that, that you know, we'll we'll be jumping and shouting for joy. Amen. And and so will his people, so will his nation uh in those days when yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, it talks about the fiery furnace, the fiery trials. And those are sufferings. Those are uh, uh, temptations that yes. we go through. And it says partakers of Christ's sufferings, brother. I just think of uh, like fire, I think burning. And in Psalm 16, it says, thou shalt not leave yes. thy soul in hell, nor thy holy one to see corruption. You know, Jesus Christ went to hell he went to egypt that fiery furnace for you and i and that suffering beyond what anyone else has suffered and you know no one else has come out not of that, with the keys uh, grave. no one else has come out of that hell like jesus christ did to bring victory 
Yeah. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Not with the keys. Yeah. Praise the Lord, man. What is that place? What's that, man? That place you were just talking about. Hell? No, you said that he went in there? Christ Jesus went to hell for you and I. When he died, he went to hell. In Psalm 6, chapter 16, it says that thou shalt not leave thy soul in hell, nor thy holy one to see corruption. You know, when... Why do you go to hell? Because he took my sins and your sins on him. And that's where people that sin, they go to hell. Suicide, so how you get there? They crucified him on the cross. So he went to hell for that? He went to hell because he became... He had no sin. Exactly, but he became sin, who know no sin. Richard, he took our sin, he took our wrath, he took our punishment, and he went to hell for that. Because that's where it was. people would go if they reject God. He didn't reject God, though. But he, but he willingly rejected the Lord. He willingly became sin so you and I can become righteous. He loved us and gave himself for us, Richard. I didn't know that. That's why it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I didn't know he saw hell. Yeah, he went there, and he took the <laughs> keys of death and hell, it says. Now, Satan no longer has the power of hell. Satan has no more power of, 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 of death. Satan has nothing. He is a weak man sitting in the corner. In Revelation, it says that when all everything falls down and all the merchants of the world are going to narrowly look upon him and like, is this the man that caused the nations to stumble? Is this the man that did it? Because he has nothing. But then when we look in heaven and we see and we see Jesus Christ and we behold him, who he is, and we're going to say, worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb which was slain from the foundation of the world. Of the world. I, never, and it, I never knew you went to hell, did I? Yeah, he sure did, man. He sure did. Never, I never knew that was in the Bible. Yeah. Did you tell me what chapter that is? Psalms chapter 16. Remember we're talking about yeah. what I, you should start reading? Start reading the book of Psalms. Richard? Psalms, Psalms chapter 16. Look, Matthew look to chapter 12. Peter 3, 19. Um, Yes, sir. Well, actually, actually, say eight, eighteen, and nineteen. And First Peter three nineteen. I got it right here. Eighteen and nineteen. You want me to read it to you? Okay. First Peter chapter three, eighteen and nineteen. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just. Jesus Christ is the just one. For the unjust, that's us. That he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Okay? He died, and he quickened. He made alive. By which also he went and preached unto the That's spirits 80s. in That's prison. Him. And where he was in prison to preaching? Yes. Why? Wow. I thought that was only Paul that went to prison. Jesus Christ went to prison, the captivity of hell, brother. You know, you can understand prison. I, I can understand I jail. Yeah, that's prison. If you can never get out, there's no parole. There's no good behavior. There's nothing because the just one, Jesus and, Christ, ended up taking the and unjust And what did he preach place. to them, spirits? Yeah. yeah, he took our place. See, these are people that have already these these are peer, these are people that have already died and are just in a holding what tank preach, in hell. And what did Jesus, in verse 19, what did he preach to them? Yeah. Salvation. The good news of the gospel. I don't know. What because they had never heard it. 
Mm. Amen. He preached the gospel. He had to do that. Yeah. And and he was allowed to do that. Oh yeah. Jesus. He's not only the God yeah, of the alive, but the God of the dead too. God had said about Jesus Christ that. Verse 20, mm. which sometimes mm. were disobedient. Amen. Hello, I can raise my hand Amen. for that. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. See, we're all the way back to Noah now. Yep. Amen. While the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. So, yeah, he, he had to go down to, yeah. to those. Amen of the Old Testament that didn't have the, the good news of the gospel preached to him. Sure. Yeah. Amen, brother. He had to go to the bathroom. Mm. Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. That's uh, also an Acts, right? Acts 2, 38. That's about the baptism. No. What's also in Acts? Yeah. Going down, going it, going down to prison. I think maybe I think maybe it's just even in chapter seven or eight. Yeah, going to hell. Okay, two twenty-seven. It's Peter then. Yeah. No, it's two twenty-seven. Yeah, I said yeah. Thou shalt not leave me in Praise corruption. The Lord. Oh my soul. And because the same power that raised yes. Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus is going to raise us. Hallelujah. Yep. Yes. That same power is in us. Right? As well. Because not only, brother, are we going to end up, not only are the Lord's going to come and get us and bring us home and raise us up, but the Lord has quickened our mortal bodies that we shouldn't have to obey. Uh, uh, not our, uh, he had quickened us in the spirit and we're dead to the flesh. And so we don't have to obey. Only thing he hasn't delivered us from so far is the, the presence of, of sin. He's delivered us from the power and the penalty. But we, we're still in the presence of it while we're in this body. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, we don't have to be subject to it. We're willfully, if we want to listen to the Lord and obey, we will. can walk in the fullness and the light will of the word. Will. That's what he but if we don't to, want like to, you know, we're not mortified. It, it, it comes down to that. It He'll allow mm. us to do our will, mm. or we can willingly do his Amen. will, which is much better. Amen. So, yes, sir. Mm. Praise the Lord. Uh, I just want to say this real quick and get it on record, okay? <laughs> I heard this gentleman tell me, he says, we're going to fly out of here yeah, like and Superman, and we're going to come back like the Lone Ranger. Well, how Speaking on the Lord taking us out of here. <laughs> yeah, amen, brothers. 
but we will be led. If we're the Lone Ranger, then who is who's the Lord? Yeah. Well, he's the Lone Ranger. We're in him. That's how I'm looking at it. He is the head. We are the body. You know, I can't separate myself from him. He but that separate we will be me. separated from him when we're up there. We'll be we'll 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 have our own bodies. We'll have mm. our own heads when we come back with him. It's just only now we're the body and the heads in heaven, waiting to come get us. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it's you know. Yeah. It's it's one way of looking at it, and it's it's something to look forward to. However, you want to look at it, we we ought to be we ought to be exceedingly expectant for him to come at any time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and another thing, brother. In so doing, the Amen. Lord says that it's a purifying hope. You know. And we're if we're thinking on those things and we're you know taking to heart what he's going to do, even as he is pure, it should purify us. Mm. Purifying hope. The purifying hope. Uh, we're no, I was looking at John. I was going to find well? out where. Even as he is pure, yeah. I was gonna. I was. I'm not sure if that's in. Uh, it could be that, or it could be Colossians or Timothy, Titus, maybe. Yeah, Titus. That that's probably it right there, brother. Uh, I was thinking that too. Oh. It, it's in Hebrews. That's why. Oh, the the one about the ears is pure. It's in Hebrews. Purifying. I think I'm saying it right. I hope I am. Mm, no, I guess not. No, I don't think ah, that's a shame. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's, First John 3, 3, every man that has this hope in that's him, the purifying hope. Himself, even if you have that pure, hope in you, it purifies it you. Yes, sir. First John. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. So back to the lesson, the the day's coming for Israel when, the, you know, they will inherit that everlasting possession. And then the promise of the land, which flows with milk and honey, that's unconditional. We talked about that back in Genesis. That's unconditional. That's going to happen. And it will be possessed forever by God's people, which will obey his voice and do them become his people and he should become their God. So the Lord is faithful in his oaths 
the Lord is faithful in his oaths, but man is the other side of the coin. So we go back to Deuteronomy. They had to, they had, they had to have the law given twice, right? <laughs> you know, there, there's evidence right there that uh, there's trouble in the broom. Yeah. Deuteronomy 31, 16 through 18. Before they ever crossed the Jordan, Moses spoke to them about the idolatrous and the apathetic uh, nature of the people. 31, 16 through 18, to begin with. Deuteronomy so, what, brother? I'm sorry. The Lord said unto Moses, yeah. Yeah. in verse 16, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers mm -hmm. of the land. He's speaking of them after they've already crossed the Jordan and gotten over there. Whither they go to be among them and will forsake me, break my covenant, which I have made with yeah. them. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake. So that day has been going on for mm -hmm. a long, long time, right? I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured. Many, <clears throat> yeah. many evils shall and trouble shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, "Are not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us?" Now you remember uh, all through the kings and stuff with the dividing kingdom and stuff. The one of the problems with mm. with the ten tribes was that they had set up worship centers in Bethel and uh, Dan and other places, and and they did not obey his voice. They did not do his commandments, and th that yeah. was one of the sayings. The, even the kings, you know, they had to go to Beelzebub and stuff for counsel and for healing because there was no God in Israel. And the last part of verse 17 there, because our God is not among us. That, that's mm. what, you know, when you apostatize, that's what happens. Is God, you get further and further away from God, and you begin to believe in your heart that God's getting further and further away from you. God ain't moved. He's right where you left him. It's you that's, that's moved away. So verse 18, and I will surely hide my face in that mm. day for all the evils which they yeah. have wrought, and that they are turned yeah. unto other gods. So now he says, now therefore write ye this song. We spoke about that last week. Write this song mm. and teach it to your children and put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against you. For the children, not just for you that I'm speaking to right now, but those that come after you. Generation after generation, this song was to be handed down. This song was to be uh, put in their mouths and made to remember. Now, that's the conditional part of man's man. Uh, God, God promised them the land unconditionally. But he did not promise that they would live in the land for everlasting unconditionally. That, that, that was conditioned 
upon them obeying his voice and doing that. Mm. Right? So that's that that's where that's why he left Abraham out of that oath. Yes. Back in Genesis 17. That's that's why Abraham didn't get to take part in that. Because he would have messed it up. He was doing what man does. Mm. <laughs> Just like Moses with the rod. He was too busy driving away the fowls of the air. God had to do the splitting not... of the sea and the drying of the ground. Yeah. But Moses did what he was told. God did what he said he'd do. It's always been that way. It always mm. will be. So the, the song is one of the witnesses that we all have, and Israel especially in, in the context here, that they would have that God would have a witness against them every time you know they open their mouth or every time they say, I I'm gonna do what God told me to do. Well, here's a witness that's saying it ain't been done yet. Your fathers and the fathers before them and the fathers before them told me the same thing, that they would obey me, that they would hear my words, that they would do these things. God forbid, woe was us if we don't do these things, but they didn't do them. And there's witnesses in heaven and in the stars. There's there's witness in this song. There's witness in, in the written word that, you know, we need to face up who we are. Watch what you have. Yeah. So Moses has already been told he's not entering in. And yet he's obedient and writes the song. Yeah. He even fights another battle, you know, on the heathen side of the Jordan. He leads another battle to charge after he knows he's not going in. Why didn't he just throw his hands up and say, you know what? I'm not going in. <laughs> Get somebody else to lead these folks. But he did. Well, no, he gave him Joshua. I think he tried doing that, and he gave him Aaron. Aaron, Aaron was a... <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, I'm oh, saying absolutely. that he tried to say, but he made go before Pharaoh and Aaron do and this Pharaoh what he's asking. God, I'm unlearned. I don't know. I'm dumb. The mouthpiece. He still, he never removed Moses from charge. And he didn't even after he told him he wasn't going in. The mm, next thing he yeah. done almost immediately was tell him, now I want you to go gather an army up and go fight these guys. And, you know, Moses did what God told him to do because he yeah. obeyed his voice and did those things. He was obedient. That's why his testimony in the New Testament could be that he was obedient in all his house. He was faithful to all his house. Mm. So he finishes the words of the law in a book for a witness at uh, verse 24 and 26. Mm. Of, Amen. God, I've done, got off the Deuteronomy now. Deuteronomy 31, getting towards the end of the uh, chapter. And he concurs with the Lord about the rebellious nature to obey. 
31. Chapter 24, I mean, verse 24 through 26. So in verse 24, and it came to pass when Moses made an end of writing the words of the law in the book until they were finished that Moses commanded the Levites, which bear the ark, saying, take this book of the law, put it in the side of the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against thee, for I know thy rebellion. And he knows his rebellion because he believes what God just told him. I know you're going to do all this stuff. Mm, mm -mm. So I know your rebellion. I know your stiff neck. Behold, while I am yet alive with you mm. this day, you have been rebellious against the Lord. How much more after my death? So look at uh, 28 through 30. Gather unto me all the elders of your tribes and your officers that I may speak these words in their ears mm, mm, and call heaven and earth to record, to witness against them, against the people. For I know that after my death, you will utterly corrupt yourselves and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you when? In the latter days. It's going to go that long. It's going to go that far. Because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to mm. anger through the works of your hands. We've ran, into, we've ran into that in Jeremiah several times already. Where do, do they think they're provoking me to anger? Do they not provoke themselves mm -hmm. to confusion? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been going on from here. And but while they were even in the wilderness before they ever come into the land that God told them yeah. they could have until Jeremiah's time on through today and it will until he comes. So after they crossed the Jordan, mm. but this is just Moses kind of just concurring with what God had said in the previous verses before he kicks in. He's just, a, he, he got his revelation from God, not, not from his, not from his mind, but from God. So then after they've crossed Jordan, possessed Amen. the land and inherited their lot by tribe, they swear their obedience to God. This is just to point out the witness and, and how that witness works uh, from then until now. And like I say, he made those three, uh, those three witnesses, the heavens and the, the stars, uh, and he made the uh, song that they were to hide in their, and keep in their heart and in their lips and the written word that's written on those stones that's covered with plaster but turn to Joshua 24 16 through 18 Joshua brings them in and they defeat the inhabitants but they don't run them all off they they defeat them but they don't utterly defeat them which is what they were supposed to do they left the snares they left the traps in their habitation and what do snares and traps do they snare and trap you <laughs> 
And God told mm-hmm. them to get rid of them or that's what they're going to be. And they couldn't. Tangle you up. You know, they, they, they couldn't run them out yeah. utterly, completely. So that before long, you know, they became snares and traps to them. So in Joshua 24, 16 through 18, this is at the end of Joshua's ministry. And they've already inherited the land. And he brings the people together. And this is, you know, verse 15 is where he says, but as for me and my house, you guys choose which who you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord, verse 16. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to yeah. serve other gods. Oh, really? For the Lord, our God, he is it that brought us up. Now they're going to tell you why they're not going to forsake. They know who the Lord is mm, and what he's mm, done. Mm. He's brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we yeah. went and among all the people through whom we passed. Be great to hang on, to hold on to that, right? But we kind of let that, we set that on the back burner and let these other things take precedence for us. They did too. And the Lord drove out from before yeah. us all the people. They even know that it wasn't them that beat these folks. It was God that beat the inhabitants of the land that they're going to inherit. Even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land, that's the giants. Therefore, will we also serve the Lord for he is our God. See how man's oath is given? They're making oaths here. They made it in 16. They made it in 18. Listen to Joshua, verse 19. And Joshua said unto them, you cannot serve the Lord. Huh. What's Joshua know that these guys don't know? For he's an holy God. They're treating him like he was a friend of Abraham, you know. He's treating them like their neighbor in the tent next to him. You cannot serve the Lord. He's holy. He's jealous. And he will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. Mm. If you'll do what you say you'll do, if you'll serve the Lord, for he's your God, and you won't serve any other God, then you won't have any transgressions or sins to forgive. You see that? Mm. He will not forgive your. You guys mm. don't know what you're saying. Yeah. You don't know what you're uh, pledging to because God's going to hold you responsible for it. If you forsake the Lord, verse 20, and, stir, and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he had done you good. Again. Verse 21, and the people say unto Joshua, Mm. no, 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 but we will serve the Lord. You see how we are? (laughs) God is faithful Mm. in his oaths. Yeah. We're the other side of the coin. Verse 22, and Joshua said unto the people, your witnesses against yourself that you've chosen you the Lord. To serve him. 
And they said, we are witnesses. Oh, I, you know, I, how many times these guys probably look back and say, I wish I hadn't said that. Uh, amen. Oh, yeah. No, I'm trying to bring that right home. How many times have I done that? <laughs> we are witnesses. Now, therefore, put yeah, away okay. All right. the strange gods which are among you. Huh. You mean I'm making all these oaths to be faithful to God and I got all these things in my closet? Now, put away the strange gods which are among you and incline mm. your heart, not your mouth, not your lips. Incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God will we serve and his voice will we obey. My goodness. These people are obstinate. Ain't they? They're, they're, they're persistent in their rebellion. They they honor God with their mouth, but uh, their heart, nowhere close. So right here, brother, is is a cross-reference when Jesus Christ said that uh, you need to be yes. circumcised I mean, that, in your the heart. circumcision in your heart means right? there's been a change to your heart, not to your appearance. Not... Amen. Yeah, Amen. it's no longer lip service. You're actually believing it. Amen. It's no longer outward of the flesh, but it's a yeah. hidden man of the heart. Mm, mm -mm. That's that's the transition that comes from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We're circumcised people, but we're circumcised in our heart. That circumcision made without hands. Mm, mm, mm. And Joshua, even you know, when they crossed mm. over the Jordan, he had to he had to circumcise Israel all over again because of all that was born in the wilderness. There was a second circumcision. That second circumcision happened to the yeah. younger generation. That the older generation said they're going to die in the wilderness. No, you're going to die in the wilderness. They're going to come into the promised land and they're going to be circumcised. Yeah. Because they wasn't circumcised in the wilderness. They, God let that go until they got over into the land he gave them for inheritance. And he said, told Joshua, get you a knife and get these kids circumcised. But that's, uh, that's leading up to the circumcision that we have now in this new covenant, in the second covenant of the heart. Two circumcisions. Mm. So Joshua, after they say, we will serve our Lord, our God, and we will obey his voice. Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. Remember, we talked about Shechem being in between the Mount of Ebal and Mount Garrison. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law, took a great stone and set it up there under an oak. And it was, it was, it, that was a witness, verse 27. And it shall be, therefore, a witness unto you, lest you deny your God. Mm -hmm. and, these, and these are the witnesses that God has set up for generations and generations to come so that we can 
acknowledge that we have forsook the Lord, that we have failed, that we have not uh, fulfilled our oath, but we've aborted our oath. And yet never again, but God is faithful in his oaths. Mm. You don't have to worry about his oaths being anything but what he says they'll be. So that's, you know, I think it's four or five times there, just in that little narrative there that the people say, oh, no, we're going to obey, we're going to obey. But, you know, what follows, what follows the book of Joshua, which where we read those oaths, that's right at the end of Joshua's ministry. Yeah, and boy, they really followed his, they really followed their oath and Judges. obeyed his voice then, right? Judges is just a, uh, it's a picture of man yeah. that man don't want to see of himself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at this uh, of the heart and the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to dividing the sunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's why we don't read the well, yeah, word. That's why we stay stoves, away from the Bible. That's why we stay away from everything. You normally get away from that, right? Instead of those that will live godly under Christ Jesus will suffer yeah. persecution. Instead of taking it as instead of taking it as suffering for Christ, we we get out of there. Mm. And I and I really think that when we was talking when he was talking about that before yeah. when he was uh, talking about the sufferings and mm. the fiery trials and stuff, I believe you know I believe that uh, Jesus is going to have those marks yeah. of his sufferings on his body when I say, and I believe we'll have we'll have the marks of our sufferings for Christ on our body too. Yeah. Paul even talked about it. He said, "I have all these marks, you know, uh, I have the marks of the sufferings of Christ on my body." Uh-huh. And I think we're Yeah, I bear in my body. Yeah. You know, I was thinking of, I was thinking about that too, brother, this week. And the Lord says that we're gonna get a new body. Because I, I heard this song and it said the only thing in right? heaven made by man is the nail prints in Jesus' hand. If it would we're to bear the in our body on earth, we get a new body. It would take away from I don't know. May, I thought no, I that maybe that it would take away from the glory as, of Jesus Christ of who seen. He really is. You know. And and what we've done for Christ in this ah, life uh, will will ah, remain with us. Those are eternal works. Those are eternal works. So I, I and Paul was convinced, at least what I, the yeah. way I read it, Paul was convinced that those marks that he's suffered for Christ in this body will be will be evident in heaven so yeah i mean i i have heard that and yeah yeah it's it's not for our glory that we bear those marks it's for his glory but you know i i, I think i it just yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like that, like that verse says, will be known as we will be seen as we are known, or known as we are seen. Uh, I think there there won't be any. Uh, everything will be mm-hmm. transparent in that day. Well, you know, we're not going to have anything in the closet. We're not going to be hiding anything from anybody because it's all going to be known. It's all yeah. going to be revealed. So. Yeah. And, you know, you brought up that one thing that you thought of. Mm, amen, uh, brother. Amen. I can't remember what it was now. But but when 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 we was talking about those verses uh, in Joshua, where the people kept saying over and over and over again that we will we will, we will obey them, we will obey them. Uh, uh, we're going to do this. And then at the very end, when Joshua, you know, says yeah. that you can't serve the Lord that way, the scripture that that came to me in the New Testament was when the yeah. rich man, the ruler, come up and asked him, what must I do to have eternal life? And, he, you know, he, he goes through all this. And finally, the Lord says to him, but one thing thou lackest. Yeah. One thing thou lackest, and that that's when Joshua told them, he said, if you're going to serve the Lord, you got to get rid of all these gods that you got in the closet. You got to get rid of that stuff. So, mm. and, you know, <clears throat> I Amen. think by these people, Lord have- uh, continuing to to say here that they will obey the Lord and and do his commandments. We got verse, let's see, we got verse 22. If I'm not mistaken here. They say, no. Anyway, there's three times that they Well, verse 21, verse 24, and um, verse 18, no. Let's see, 22, 24, and 20, but it ain't in 22. Is that okay? 21, I'm sorry. 21. But we will serve the Lord. 24, the Lord our God will we serve. And then I thought. Oh, I. It was, it was after, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, yeah. God forbid, I'm back in verse 16, that we for, should Joshua, forsake the Lord and serve other gods. <laughs> But there's there's three times because the the next thing oh, that okay. I'm going to speak of is that yeah. this is this is the Old Testament's witness to Peter's three denials in the New Testament. Huh? Yeah. Oh wow. 
Peter denies him three oh, times. I said, oh, wow. In the New Testament, and the, these people, uh, uh, just back to back to back right here, are saying they will do something, and they, and they don't. And this behavior, that would follow God's people throughout the whole Old Testament. It'll follow them through the silent years. Now, I'm talking about it as a nation. There's individuals all the time. There's remnant. But as a nation, through the silent years, they denied, denied. And it culminated in the rejection of their Messiah when Jesus came. And the vineyard was given over to the church. Yeah. Just as the parables in, in the Gospels, you know, told of. What shall the what shall the husband of the vineyard do? He shall turn it over to someone else that will bear him the fruits. So after the rejection of their Messiah, the vineyards turned over to the church. And unfortunately, we followed the same course and is represented in these last days as the church of Laodicea. That's that's what the church has become. The church of Laodicea. Which is the church of people's rights. And Jesus himself yeah. defined it as lukewarm. Nothing refreshing. Nothing vibrant concerning spiritual matters. It's lukewarm. That's all coming to a climax. And it, it, <laughs> it all has to come uh, in the context of denying the Lord, denying the Lord, denying the Lord. Now, Jesus justified Peter three times when he asked him, do you love me more than these? Do you love these more than these? Do you love me, Peter? He got him reconciled personally. He reconciles us personally. But as a nation or as a church, we've got a ways to go and we're, and we're not going to get there. No. Yes. Because we as the He's even got Israel an angel standing and ready to preach the, the gospel the when God. the tribulation comes. Hmm. Mm -mm. Along with, along with the hundred forty four thousand, he's got an angel preaching the gospel. Yeah, uh, because we failed. If, if we had, if if we had done our job, he wouldn't need to send that angel. Yeah. Uh, so, but we haven't done it as a, as as a church a whole. So that's all coming yeah. to a climax when the Lord comes again, first to receive His bride, and then to assume the throne of David in Jerusalem. As King of King and Lord of Lords. And I think back to Jeremiah, I think that's the day Jeremiah is looking yeah. to when he says, So be it, O Lord. Verse 5 That I may perform the oath which I have sworn unto your fathers. He realized mm. that oath hasn't been fulfilled yet in his day to give them a land flowing with milk and honey as it is this day. Then answered I yeah. and said, so be it, O Lord. Amen. Now, they were still in the land. They were still enjoying the milk and the honey 
But mm, Jeremiah's mm. message is what? 66% tearing down, throwing down, uprooting, plucking up. His message is you guys are taken into captivity if you don't turn. And they don't turn. So I think Jeremiah is looking to a day beyond. And he says, so be it, O Lord. And that's that's the same as saying, Amen. Amen. And and I and I say that uh about Jeremiah looking into mm-hmm. the future, uh and looking for that because how much time we got left. Right. Okay. I, uh, I, I, I we got know. plenty of time because so, we talked. Right. We talked to uh, Jeremiah thirty on the regular phone before that. This is even though we're going further into the book of Jeremiah, we're actually going back in time. Jeremiah is not chronological; it jumps around. Yeah. And in Jeremiah thirty, that's six years earlier okay. than what we are in chapter eleven. And Jeremiah receives God's word and verse 30, verse 1, chapter 30, verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Thus speaketh the Lord God of Israel, Write thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee in a book. Now here's one of those books that Jeremiah can refer to and reference from as he goes about his ministry. And what he wrote in the book in verse 7 concerns the time of Jacob's trouble. And that's to come. That hasn't happened yet. Yes. Yeah. Well, the latter days, latter days, right? But the day of the Lord. The is latter days. That's what day. it is. Is it day or latter days? It was day. It was, it was days. It was plural. What was that in Deuteronomy yeah. we were talking about the latter day? Was it days or days? Plural. Okay. So you know what? Well, I just think in this no, brother, being that this latter day saints, they don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah, they're they're mm-hmm. the, the latter days is the judgment on God on God's chosen people to get them. Right, finally. And they if you're, if they're you're talking about the, the law, latter days is going to be glory, uh, and they don't even know what they're saying, man. They're cursing by themselves. Grace. Yes. And they have to be brought out of it, and he's going to bring his nation out of it mm. by putting them through. Mm. Well, this, man, that's Jacob's horrible. trouble is that iron furnace again. That the, the 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 troubles and the trials that they went through 400 years in Egypt is going mm. to be magnified like it's never it's nothing ever been like it before and it will be an iron furnace that's smoking and spewing and everything in Jacob's trouble yeah and notice verse 22 in chapter 30 
Why is he going yeah. to bring them through Jacob's trouble? Verse 22. And I will be your God. Now, now what's the condition in Jeremiah? And you shall be my people. This sets up that I, you will be my people I and I will be, be your, your God. If you obey my voice and do them. Great tribulation. Oh, verse 11. Verse 11. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, and save thee. I will make a full end of all nations. Whether I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee. But I will correct uh, but thee I was saying, in the go, measure. In Jeremiah 11, what we're studying. Altogether unpunished. You said 11, right? In, in verse 5. I mean, in verse oh, 4. Oh, 11. Oh, 11. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you I'm sorry. Obey I thought my verse voice and do them according to all I command yeah. you, so shall yeah. you be my people, and I will be your God. That's exactly why he's bringing them through Jacob's trouble, so that they will obey his voice, see him whom they have pierced, and draw mm -hmm. and come to him and do his commandments. Verse 22 in Jeremiah 30. Then, you, and so you shall be my people and I will be your God. But you see, uh, my point being that if they're going to be his people and be his God and he's going to be their God that here in the latter days, then the obey my voice and do them in, in Jeremiah 11 which I command you, so shall you be my people. Well, they had their opportunity. But they couldn't hold up their conditional part of the covenant. Yes. Yes. They were too busy All saying the way, that they and, will and, do know, it and not that's circumcise years. their heart, right? Like what we've seen in Joshua. Mm. That's where, that's where Jesus said that this generation has always been a gainsaying people. Yep. It's always say, say, say to show that they have been gained. So, mm. Good. That's good. And then when you hear those words, to, it brings to remembrance the day that shall come to pass. And that's when Israel meets the condition of the oath that they've been making. Like I say, God's oath is unconditional about the land. But about how long his people live in the land, that's a condition to their behavior. And their behavior hasn't been uh, up, up, to the, up to the covenant. So God responds to it the only way that he can. But when they've come through Jacob's trouble, they will wow, wow, uh, meet the condition of the oath that assures them security and stability in their promised land. And at that time, they shall not be plucked up nor removed anymore. That hasn't, ha that hasn't happened yet, mm. but it's going to happen. And that condition that they'll meet then that they haven't met yeah. up to now is to obey my voice yeah. and do that. Their perpetual backsliding will turn to perpetual fellowship 
And Jeremiah says, Amen, Lord. And that's what this is this word that he got here about Jacob's trouble, in case I didn't make it very clear why we went there, was to show that when Jeremiah says, So be it, O Lord, in chapter 11, he's looking to a future day. And he knew about that future day because six years earlier, God had showed him and told him to write it in a book. And Jeremiah's witness to uh, here in, in, in chapter 11 and before and after that the obey my voice and do them, uh, do my commandments, uh, that, that hasn't been obeyed. He's witness to all that. He, he sees their rebellion. So he knows that that, you know, the last part of that, then so shall you be my people. I'll be your, well, you can't, yeah. just like Joshua said, you can't serve him. You can't be his people until you get rid of this stuff. And, you know, here, Jeremiah is looking towards the last days and he's saying, mm. so be it, O Lord. Uh, Amen. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for that day. Well, we find in the in the New Testament that the last word spoken in Revelation, the last word spoken are he which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come Lord Jesus. John is looking forward to that day as well. Mm. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. One of these days. Mm. Yeah. Thinking about it, brother. We all have trouble with it. Paul kind of had trouble with that. Yes. Well, you know that he said, I wish that I could be accursed for my people according to the flesh. You know, I don't know. Maybe he didn't, but I don't know. It seems like maybe he did because he disobeyed the Holy Spirit by going to Jerusalem when the Lord told him not to. Well, not mm, mm -mm. interesting. Very interesting. No, I, I, very I, good, man. I seem to I was interrupting you. You were saying something, so I was going to let you go. What's that, brother? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, just it's just what, thoughts. No, not where, like fully developed. Where is it that still in Paul disobeys the Lord by going to Jerusalem? Is that where Agabus tells him not to go? In the book of Acts, he was warned by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but he says he was warned by the Holy Spirit, too. And Agabus and the brethren told him, don't go, and he did. Well, let's look at the context of that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, it's the second time Agabus has come on the same. What is that, so. Acts? 
2019. I think. Well, I, I ain't finding How about twenty one ten? Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews of Jerusalem bind the man that owneth these girdle, shall deliver him unto the hands of the Gentiles. So that's not saying that he can't go. That's just saying when he does go, he's going to be bound. And, and his disciples beg him not to go, but he says, what meaning? to weep and break my heart. For I'm ready not to be bound only, but also to die for the name of the Lord. So is, is that where you're speaking of? Well, we're breaking up. Uh, there's something else that's a little bit more clear than that. Yeah, but it's, it, it's breaking Hello? up real bad. Now, now it's hey, not. you there? Yeah, it was just all crackling, and I don't know if you heard anything that oh, I said. Wow. But is is that where you was talking about? Okay. Or is there or is there another place? Because this doesn't say he's warned not to go. Um. He's saying that when he does go, he'll be bound hand and foot by those that's in Jerusalem. Yeah, hold on. I'm getting close to it. But that doesn't say don't go. It says, thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind yeah, the that man would be that opens that. Which would be Paul. So that's that's not. Uh, rebelling against mm -hmm. the word of the, the, the Holy Ghost. He's, the Holy Ghost is just telling him through Agabus what's going to happen to him when he goes. And his disciples... Okay. Verse 4. Verse 4. Look at here. Um, now, or verse 3. Now, when he had to uh, discovered... Uh, Cyphus, we left it on the left hand and sailed into uh, Cyrena and landed in, at Tyra, for there was a ship, uh, and there the ship was to be unladen of her burden. 
And finding disciples which tarried there seven days, who said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. And then that's where Agabus comes and says, the Holy Spirit says this is what's going to take place if you go. You're going to get bound up. So you see, the Spirit of God told well, him not to go, and he disobeyed the yeah, Lord. I do brother. see that, but I, you know, this—that's the Spirit speaking to the disciples. You see that to tell Paul that. And then, well, several verses later, in verse ten, we get to Agabus, who is a prophet. And it says, thus saith the Holy Ghost. Okay, That's the I'm not following. Spirit that the disciples were saying, don't you should not go to Jerusalem. This spirit is telling them in, in verse 11 that when yes. you go, the Jews are going to bind you and deliver you to the hands of the Gentiles. Yeah, because they didn't like verse to report 12, to Agabus. They didn't want him to at the be end, delivered to the hands of the Gentiles. They besought him not they besought to go, him not up, to go to up. That's the disciples. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I read it differently, brother. I see it where the spirit told him not to go up, warned him again, and he went anyways. You know, three times he was warned not to go and what was going to happen, and he did it anyways. You know? You know, his all his whole desire was to, you know, if you look at those prison letters, his whole desire was to see their faces once again. You know? Almost like, I should have listened, man. I'm so sorry. I want to see you. I want to be able to have well, fellowship what, and, with you. I want to be able to with, in verse continue four, in that the course the with one another. The disciples. But I don't know. To tell him that you should it. not I go up to Jerusalem. Way. You know, the Spirit speaks to, you know, we're led by the Spirit in different ways. Mm -hmm. Each individual is led at any particular time in a different way. And Paul was determined mm -hmm. to go to Jerusalem because he had feasts. You know that that he had he had feasts that he had to be present to. Yeah. That you know that that was under the law that that was a legal matter that he had to be in Jerusalem. I, now I don't know. I, I know it's mentioned several times in the Book of Acts, but I don't see it just sticking out to me right now that he's going up there to for pen uh, not for Pentecost or for some other feast. But um, I know that he there there was a lot of times he had to go to Jerusalem because of that. As this comes, so, yeah. Well, I don't know if he really had to go up that way, but I think he was going up there because he said that my heart's desire and is to, if I could be accursed from Christ for my brother and my kin, I think he went up there because he loved them. That's why I think that he disobeyed the Holy Spirit and going, but yet. The Lord still honored and blessed that because of right. his heart and his love right. for the people of Jerusalem. They still, 
I mean, look at Moses. I mean, his heart and love was for the people of God. That man. Right. Because they were messing with his brother. Yeah. Well, okay, but that's, that's fine. I don't know, uh, bro. That's interesting, though. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we could start on verse oh. six, or we can save that for another time. Oh yeah. Well, no, we're okay. we're getting close to the end of of, our, of the of the okay. hour. You know, that that'll work. We can start in verse six next week. Okay. Sounds you betcha. Thank you, Richard, for sitting. Um, in. All right. Let me close in prayer. Right, brother. Oh okay. Uh, oh, he left, brother. Yeah. Um, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you've. Uh, allowed us to be able to get over line and talk and communicate, Lord Amen. God. And thank you that we're being able to talk about your word. And thank you, Lord Father, for giving it to us, Lord. And we could see what happened with the nation of Israel, that you give them your word. You give them all the blessings. You give them all the promises. You give them everything, Lord. And, Lord, they still, they still did not have a heart Help after us, you. They still did not have us, a mind you. or feet or they go that way, Lord. I would ask and pray that you'd please help Brother Terry. You'd please help me. You'd please help Genevieve. You'd please help Pastor Dan. You'd please yes. help Brother Richard. You'd please help our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord We're Father, that we will have a heart, a heart, Lord, for you. Heart, Lord, that would go after you. A heart that will keep on pressing, Lord Father. I thank you, Lord God. We could say what we want. We could say with our mouth what is it, what needs to be done, Lord. But please allow, Lord, our hearts to be circumcised, yes, Lord, and we can just keep on going on for you. I we could take heed to your word. We could love your word. Help us to obey the smallest matters, Lord Father. You, Lord. The smallest things, Lord, that we don't think may be it, but you know, the, you're important, Lord. I thank you for that. God, I would just ask and pray that you would be with me and help me and strengthen me, Lord, with the attacks that I'm under, with the mind that is of this world that wants to go after the things of this world. Lord God, please, please help me think on the things of you. Please help me think on the things that are pure and honest and holy and decent, Lord, and just. And that's all you, Lord. You are every bit of that. Yes. Please help, Lord. I yes. would ask and pray that you yes. be my wife, Lord. Please turn her heart towards you again. Please, Lord, turn her heart. Please, Lord, God, yes. turn the kids' hearts. Help us, Lord, to be reconciled yes. to you, Lord. Help us to be reconciled to one another. Put a hedge of protection around them, Lord. Protect them from Satan, the wiles, and of the devil, what he wants to do and destroy, Lord God. Please, Lord, I hate even saying this. Please convict her. Bless, Lord. Thank Please, you, Jesus. Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you're working and moving in my life. Please help me to get it. Open up my eyes, Lord. Help me to see. Open up my spiritual understanding, Lord God, that I can Amen. get a hold of this, Lord, that I can live the gospel as well as preach your word. And I just ask, Lord, these things. Bless Brother Terry. Bless yes. All the brothers and sisters in Christ that are seeking your face right now for this matter, please, Lord God, bless them and help them and answer us, Lord. 
Please answer us. Amen, Lord. I ask these things in Christ Jesus' name. I love you, brother. Amen. Right back at you. I love you too, brother Terry. You have a wonderful day, okay? Oh, tonight, like, Lord, tonight I have a mission, pray so right you pray now, about that as well. Pray again this evening, but Lord, we just and now that the appeal has been made, I lift my voice up to you, Lord, and touching and agreeing with Jason that you would minister, that you would empower, that you would anoint uh, his uh, time at the mission this evening, Lord, and that people would be moved, that people would be touched, and that, Lord, you would get glory and honor in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day. Amen. Okay, bye-bye. All right, beloved, I love you.